Welcome to the Chef JKP podcast with me, James Knight Pacheco. I am your host, James Knight Pacheco, and welcome to the Chef JKP podcast, where we will be discussing the most incredible topics about becoming a chef, hospitality, and lots of other fun stories. Let's begin. So, welcome to the very first podcast with me, James Mike Pacheco. I'll be your host and guiding you through all of the things which are interesting about chefs, hospitality, and what it takes to be an incredible professional within this industry. Now, I think it would only be fair just to uh, go through the guidelines of this podcast and basically start with my story, as I'll be the one taking you through each, each episode. So, um, basically, I've been cooking for around 20 years. Um, through lots of different ways, uh, through cookery teaching, working in Michelin-starred restaurants, cafes, Pizza Express, and uh, you know, in the Middle East. And now I'm an executive chef, so I've got a lot of experience, and um, I've gone through the ups and downs of cooking. Now everybody has a different start in their cooking career. Um, I'm actually from Venezuela, so I was born in Venezuela. Uh, family, mom and dad, uh, three sisters. And, you know, basically in Venezuela, the uh, family is everything. So um, food, of course, is at the epicenter of that. And, uh, you know, it was an incredible time there. Uh, But we decided to move to the UK uh, because my dad is from there. So uh, that was also a huge change for me in terms of uh, lots of different things. Um, And in all honesty, there was... uh, one of the things that sort of led me to become a chef was obviously the travel as a young age, experiencing different things. But um, I went through some sort of pretty uh, tough times as a, as a kid, I would say. Um, the first sort of, uh, let's say, traumatic experience I had was when my parents divorced. And uh, I was around 10 or 11 when that happened. So that was number one, uh, sort of that was quite tough. And then the second one, which was even more interesting um, was when I, at the age of 15, I had a daughter. And, uh, you know, that sort of led me to become, I suppose it gave me a drive to push forward. And, and instead of running away from the situation, I wanted to, to do the best that I could for her and making sure that she had everything that she needed, even though I was a kid myself. So that was really tough. So then, 15 years old, going through my GCSEs or my exams, um, I was a fairly bright student and (laughs) and my first love wasn't food, it was music, so I really loved music, but um, things sort of went downhill a little bit, obviously because of certain events and my mindset wasn't great. And so, um, going through college, I first started in music and I needed to you know, have some money, get a job in order to to make sure that I I could live. So I worked in a few restaurants, um, quite liked it. It was quite fun, but nothing too serious. And then as I started getting more through college in terms of music, I was just feeling that it wasn't for me, even though I loved music. Um, It was a huge passion of mine. I actually decided, you know, what should I do? Uh, And my father was the one who said to me, look, James, um, everybody needs to eat. And he's like, everybody needs to eat, boy. <laughs> so and I thought, actually, he's right. Um, the advice he gave me was, if you become a chef, 
you will be able to travel the world. You will never be out of a job. And you will be able to experience some amazing things. And I didn't think about it much back then, but now I'm super grateful and I took his advice. So that's what I did. Um, again, I went to college for three years, uh, learnt about management, front of house, back of house, wines, all of those kinds of things. And then during this time, I, was, I thought, okay, I needed a, uh, a sort of job that would allow me to study and see my friends at the same time. So I thought it'd be quite fun to become a bouncer. Um, crazy decision. Uh, if you know anything about the UK and how people drink and nightclubs, um, it's a pretty aggressive and violent place. Uh, me, I have a fire anyway. I'm a Leo. I'm a fire sign, so I'm, I'm quite fiery anyway. But it was just another experience which sort of opened my mind, which made me think, okay, I don't want to be in the security industry. I want to be a chef. So after I finished all of my uh, studies and everything, I... Um, went into a job and my first job was uh, with a with a chef called David Horridge who was an absolute psycho at the age of 24 he was 24 um, he had the, he was running the best seafood restaurant in the UK and it was just amazing um, I learned huge amounts of things from there then I went to my first Michelin star place which was uh, Gordon Ramsay Claridge's which opened my eyes hugely um, to how Michelin you know how teams work and the only way I can describe it back then is if you can imagine um, a pack of hungry lions that's exactly what it is you're working as a team but some people also try and work against you you know um, we were having people coming in virtually every day and you know it would be normal for somebody to walk out mid middle of service because it was such a uh, you know, full-on hardcore kitchen, but I really enjoyed it, um, and I met some amazing people, which I still know to this day, and I'm very grateful to know them because they really helped me a lot. And then through that, um, it sort of taught me about fine dining and discipline, and it was really tough. I mean, um, you work in a hundred hours a week, no joke, hundred hours a week. Uh, you get your two days off, but the first day you are essentially catching up on sleep and the second day you're just trying to make sure that everything is ready for the next week so it's quite full on um, I'm not going to lie uh, it was it was tough it was tough you know and um, at times you know the um, the anxiety and the, the panic was 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 very real I mean to the point that sometimes I would uh, set my alarm for let's say 5 30 in the morning and I would just wake up bang 5 a.m and my heart pulsating as quick as I could because I was thinking I'm going to I'm going to be late for work. And the truth is, it was just I was just scared to go into work at times because I just um, it was it was really too much. And if you think about the physical aspect and the mental aspect of that, it's not it's not an average job, you know, a, a lot of pressure, and especially to be in a Michelin starred kitchen, high pressure all the time. Gordon sometimes comes in and the pressure's even more so. Um, the executive chef, who was Mark Sargent at the time, also when he was around, it was it was tricky. Um, and then you've got the head chef, then the sous chefs all breathing down your neck to make sure everything is correct. So it's, it's quite full on. Anyways, then um, 
I landed a spot on a BBC television program called The Restaurant with a friend of mine called Alistair Hooper and the actual television show was with Raymond Blanc and it was basically a, a, a sort of competition to, to win a restaurant partnership with him. Um, essentially it was 15 couples, it was, it was friends, husband and wives, or business partners and you did basically challenges every single week um, and if you did not pass the challenge you were voted off the show. Um, I have to say, me and Ali were in the challenge virtually every week, um, but for some reason, um, people liked us and we were not voted off the show, to the point that we actually got to the final. We didn't win the partnership, however, what was even better is that myself and Ali actually went to work at Le Manoir, and uh, it was a two-star, I mean, it's, it's an institution. Uh, one of the best places in the world to learn and um, I am so grateful that I got the opportunity to learn what I did. Um, basically myself and Ali also did three months within the hotel but we did every single section from gardening to housekeeping and of course I ended up in the kitchen. Um, the executive chef Gary Jones is just an, an absolute legend and um, just an amazing person in every single way possible. Benoit Blin, who is the pastry chef, also just an incredible guy. And of course, Raymond, I mean, he is, you know, larger than life, but his passion is just unbelievable and um, such incredible energy all the time. So that was really fantastic. Um, and then after that, I was super lucky to actually go to one of the best um, cookery schools in the UK, which is Ashburton Cookery School. And that was under the wing of my old sort of college lecturer, uh, Darren Hosegrove. Now Darren, again, um, comes from a mission starred background, um, fan lovely guy, and actually one of the nicest people you could meet. But what that taught me is, you know, about how to teach within a, a sort of um, college-like environment, so very different to working in a Michelin-starred kitchen. People are paying to be there, so you can't be mouthy, you can't be rude, um, you can't be aggressive. So that was certainly uh, quite um, different. Uh, and again, I really enjoyed it because it gave me a, another skill that some chefs don't ever really get to have. So that was quite varied. Um, and then uh, after that, I went on to, to open um, a restaurant, um, which was meant to be sort of my own project. However, it fell through um, for several different reasons and it didn't work out. And I actually got, got a chance to, I got headhunted to go to the Middle East um, in Oman. And uh, I'd never heard of Oman before. I was like, where's Oman? <laughs> And I was told it was the Switzerland of the Middle East. So um, I looked it up, a beautiful place, flew me over and I instantly fell in love with it. It was just amazing. Um, but completely different culture. You're in the Middle East, it's a, a Muslim country. Um, so it was again, tricky for me because I was quite hungry to, to perform and quite hungry to impress. And I wasn't always nice, I have to say, um, but the team I had were really fantastic. And uh, we managed to get best restaurant uh, within the entire region, by the way, within three months. And um, it was just incredible. And to the point that actually, um, sort of a year later, uh, 
the owners were kind enough for, for me to be involved in redesigning the kitchen and um, that was a real privilege and the kitchen is still there to this day and it's running incredibly uh, however after Oman then of course it was Dubai and Dubai is a completely different kettle of fish I mean you know you're talking 12,000 restaurants and huge amounts of competition it's not like uh, you've got uh, 10 or 12 restaurants I means 12,000 just think about that 12,000 restaurants all competing for uh, for business now throughout all of my experience um, you know yes it's cooking and I've done as I said from teaching to Michelin starred and all of these sorts of things to be an executive chef of running a hotel but what does it take to, to, to be a, a chef you know what is the drive now for me as I said right at the beginning um, one of those things was was uh, of course my daughter just to make sure that I could provide for her and the other thing was just to to prove to my parents that I wasn't a complete failure because when I was younger I wasn't you know the smartest kid so you know I had a lot to prove and um, I still think you know mentally for me I have a lot to prove but um, it's you know being a chef is not easy and uh, on TV you know they make it look super easy and everybody wants to be a chef these days and all of those sorts of things but you know it, it's it's a real passion um, there are so for example what I call normal people's lives where you can have Valentine's Day or you can have New Year's Eve and all that kind of stuff that's out the window no chance see you later absolutely see you later you're not going to have that at all but in the meantime what else is super cool is that yes my dad was right he was absolutely right I'm never going to be out of a job I can always cook you know and I've got a skill so it is it is amazing and I, I, I love I really love the industry uh, because as hard and as difficult as it is it's also hugely rewarding just um, in many many different ways many different ways and the cool thing is, is that you're constantly learning um, you're constantly being asked to do different things you're constantly learning from your team you know and uh, that's another thing is for me there are chefs who are really good don't get me wrong but they stay stagnant and um, you know the, the boredom sets in and then you know they become sloppy and ultimately that's where the downfall is whereas for me and the type of person who wants to constantly keep pushing constantly keep learning and making sure that I'm at the very top of my game because you know what there's always another lion around the corner who wants to take your place let's be honest so that's really important for me um, and again I could have just stayed in the UK and been in the restaurant game but because I didn't uh, take a gap year whilst you know doing my degree I was really lucky to actually travel and work and seen some amazing things cook for some amazing people the produce I'm dealing with is amazing met some incredible incredible people along the way so yeah I mean it's just amazing um, but people who are potentially thinking look with this lockdown and I'm doing a lot of cooking at home and I really really enjoy it perhaps I'm gonna you know when this is all over I'm gonna become a chef 
I'm saying 100% attack, 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 go for it. At the same time, don't forget to understand what you're going to put yourself through. It's an environment of competitive people who want to be the best. And some of those people might be a lot younger than you. You know, and, and as I said, kitchens are, are quite a funny place. Um, lots of angry people with loads of knives, but they're not stabbing each other. <laughs> but if you think about it, it's a, it's, it could be quite a dangerous place. There's lots of pressure. It's a pressure cooker. And uh, if you're not in the, in the right men mental frame of mind, it could be quite dangerous because you know um, someone could say uh, can you pass me the uh, can you pass me a tomato and then you just rip their head off for no reason but it's not their fault they don't know what's going on in your mind so do be careful if you want to become a chef I want you know I want you to experience it and my advice would be if you are thinking about doing it go and work in a kitchen for a week but what I mean by work is don't do nine hours go and do a 15 16 hour shift five six days straight and then if you still love it go ahead and do it because that's when you'll be tested that's when you'll think okay i can do this and i can see myself doing it but if not then you know what you've given it a go and you've actually not lost anything you've gained experience so uh, this is really really uh, really fantastic um would i change my profession no i would not not at all I think being a chef, as I said, um, of course it has its ups and it has its downs, like any job. But for me, it's such a passion to work with incredible people, incredible produce, be constantly creative and pushing myself. So, and the, you know, the culinary landscape, as it were, is ever changing all the time. Twenty years ago, if you had a vegan walking into your restaurant, you'd probably serve them you know risotto or a green salad nowadays look look at what vegan chefs are producing i mean for me actually i think it's an incredible challenge um you look at what different restaurants are doing around the world with foraging and produce it's just amazing because um, there's only so much you can do do with the uh, meat and fish but the real push is you know what can i do with 80,000 different varieties of vegetables and leaves that I can eat that are edible. That's the true challenge. Um, also insects, I mean, yes, okay, in the Far East, you can say uh, people have been deep frying scorpions and locusts and all of that kind of stuff. But would you ever, you know, think that you would be served ants in a three-star restaurant but they do they go to the forest they get the ants that are eating beautiful elderberries or elderflowers and the ants actually taste like beautiful lemon like a seasoning so as I said the landscape is just incredible and constantly changing and it's just so exciting to see what the next phase is going to do you know now again here where I'm based in the Middle East there is no guide for Michelin or food. Um, so it's difficult to say, oh, this is the best restaurant and that's the best restaurant. In all honesty, everybody's working for the same goal. You know, we all want to be the best at what we do. So in one respect, it's great that the guide isn't really here. 
uh, inevitably I'm sure a guide will come uh, but that's yet to be seen so yeah gang look um, that's my story and it's constantly constantly growing and I'm super happy um, and as I said I love the job so with uh, with saying that I'm gonna say goodbye I want to say thank you very much for listening and uh, tune in for next week where we're going to have a different guest every week and different could be a chef could be someone from the hospitality industry and they're just going to tell us their stories their hardships what they've gone through fun times bad times and uh, things that we can all learn from them all right well take care and i will see you soon bye thanks for listening and tune in next week for some more fun and quirky stories I'm James Mike Pacheco and this has been the Chef JKP Podcast. See you next week.